What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? You are tuned in to the Arrowhead Chief Podcast, episode 152. This is the Dolphins vs. Chief preview show. And uh, I got my guy Clarence up in here. DJ Ann should be coming in a minute. And we got a special guest. We're going to introduce him in a minute. Till then, let's talk Chiefs. Yeah. Arrowhead Chiefs. It's your girl Miss Nicole. Queen okay. Hustle, baby. Uh-huh. Started from the Started bottom, now we here. My homie at the start of his career. Let's go. Try to win him early, hear the truth. Uh-huh. Tuning every Sunday for the juice. Arrowhead Chiefs podcast, bringing all the news. Yes, if you miss the play, come back for reviews. Chris Out here rapping for the crew. Post game highlights, go subscribe uh-huh. on YouTube. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you miss the play, come back for reviews. Post game highlights, go subscribe uh-huh. on YouTube. Uh-huh. Hey. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? We are back. Arrowhead Chief Podcast, episode 152, Dolphins vs. Chiefs preview show. And we got special guests, Kingdom Cast, Tell the Truth Podcast, Stay Scheming. You also <laughs> see him in the Chiefs Kingdom uh, spaces, running them. <laughs> he, he's a, he has many hats. <laughs> yes, sir. When it comes to Chiefs Kingdom. D-Mac, what's going on, D-Mac? What's up, Chris? How you doing, man? Good to talk with you. Uh, got a big game here on Sunday. Yeah, man, I'm excited for it. What's up, Chris? Good to see you. Thank y'all for having me. No problem, no problem. Thanks for coming. Oh, we all was late. We was all late. I was late. My bad. My my laptop was, was rebooting. I'm sorry. My bad. I was I was rushing to get here from work. <laughs> so yeah, we was all late. It's all good though. But uh, yeah, man, we got a big game Sunday early morning. I gotta get up. It's, I'm in Vegas, so I gotta get up at six thirty in the morning. Oh yeah, yeah up <laughs> early. Woo. Hey, this yeah. is one of the few times where that's gonna work against you. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to have some Red Bulls and some other stuff, man. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But hey, you do it for the love for the Chiefs, right? <laughs> <laughs> man, all right. But all right, man, let's get into it, man. Let's talk. Let's start off with the elephant in the room, man. You know, the Chiefs' offensive struggles, man. Now this season coming in. We've been, you know, been inconsistent. You know what I'm saying? You know, you got the Bears game, you got the Chargers game, where you've seen the highest potential of this offense and how they look when they're clicking at all cylinders. Receivers is catching the ball, running, you know, the right routes. Um, and then you've seen like the Jets game or last week's game, both games against Denver. Uh, maybe even the first game, you know, we didn't have Travis. You've seen the offensive struggles. Where do you pinpoint where the problem lies with the offense, D-Man? Sure. Look, man, I, I, I tweeted this out pretty much right after the game. I think it was on Monday. Um, the majority, the lion's share for the offense not scoring as much as we've seen in years past and last year, for me, falls on the coaching staff. Got Kenny Cass in here. Love to see the fan. Um, so it's on the coaching staff, in my opinion, and, and particularly as it pertains to last week, they did not take the Denver Broncos seriously. And it showed up very specifically in the coaching decisions um, on third and shorts within the red zone. That is a completely different game if you convert those field goals into touchdowns early in the game. The game strip is more in your favor. You're able to run the ball more. 
And you also don't allow the Denver Broncos to settle into their run game as well. And they also have to take a few more chances. They can have just trust that they can play field position and play off of that. Um, and that also goes throughout the entirety of the team. I think that there were some other coaching decisions that were suspect. Um, talk about the wide receiver rotations, things of that nature. Ultimately, I think that you've seen, and we also tweeted this out out of the Kingdom Cast account and tell the truth, the yardage gain, yards per play, you know, the, the rushing attempts, rushing success, you know, the actual uh, rushing yards are all around the same mark as last year. The simple difference is you turn the ball over too often, and some of that comes with luck, and some of that comes with some things that are out of your control, but obviously a lot of it is in your control, and the red zone percentage is terrible as far as touchdowns are concerned. And so you flip those 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 two things around, and all of a sudden you're back to being number one, number two, number three. Um, offense in the league. <laughs> That's the question everybody likes to ask. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, let's trade him. No, look, it, and so that's for me. The lion's share falls on the coaching staff. Now, obviously, that is not to say that uh, that the wide receivers are not without blame, that Mahomes is not without blame. Mm-hmm. But for me, ultimately, if this coaching staff makes different or, or better decisions, in my opinion, takes an opponent more seriously. In the red zone, this team is scoring at the output that you Okay. Now, do you feel like, because I did a little research and I saw that in 2021, offenses were scoring 23 points a game. Last year, they were scoring 21.9. This year, they're scoring 21.8. Do you think these defenses have caught up with just offenses all around the board? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think so there's. This, this is a league-wide thing, and there's been about three things kind of floated around as far as this concern. One, uh, quarterbacks around the league, this is the youngest set of quarterbacks that we've seen um, in NFL history. Um, and that plays a big role in that, obviously. Young quarterbacks, more susceptible to defenses, defenses that they haven't seen, complex defenses that can frustrate them as well. I think that when you saw the scoring period that was kind of a boon, obviously the last 10 years after the rule changes really swung in the offense's favor, after teams had kind of solved the standard cover three coverage that the Legion of Boom popularized, you could tell that the defenses have gotten more complex and more, uh, I should say, and a little bit, you know, they've caught up to it. They've understood what their offenses are constantly trying to do, and they've adjusted accordingly, and they've adjusted to the rules accordingly. And that generally happens. If one side of the ball in some sport is having some type of rule advantage, eventually the other side will catch up and adjust accordingly. Um, and so you've seen that from the defenses. And also, I think a, a slightly underrated portion, offensive lines aren't very good. We saw during preseason, like a lot mm-hmm. of offensive lines lack a lot of depth. And obviously, we know a consistent issue is, is injuries in this sport. It's a game of attrition. And the fact that you have guys in and out of lineup where offensive line specifically is about cohesion and, and really winklet or wink a weak link system in which if you have a weakness team can consistently get after you and more pass rushes are being produced in college football. That mm-hmm. all kind of combines in which the defense has caught up and been able to get off to these defense or these offenses. And so, yeah, scoring downs across the league. And that's why even in all these categories in which it seems like the chiefs are struggling, they still are top half or top 10 or top five in, in most of the offensive categories because they're, they're still being able to relative to lead production be pretty good. Uh, what's your thoughts, Clarence? So if the league is seeing new quarterbacks, younger quarterbacks, at a rate to which they've never seen, what helps a young quarterback, gentlemen? The run game. 
Oh, so running backs matter. Okay. <laughs> I just want to make sure we all understand that, that they still are vital in this NFL. Mm-hmm. You need them in this league to win football games. That's all I got. Continue. Especially in December and January, you know, you definitely yeah. need you need the running game. Absolutely. Once it starts getting cold, Absolutely. that running game is very but vital. They're just a dime a dozen. You can just you can pick any of them, and, and they'll be great. So it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, you, you get a couple of them. No, so I've been told. These are things I've been told. These aren't things that I I subscribe to. These are just things that I've been told. I, I think a lot of casual observers just say, "Oh, running backs are devalued. They don't matter." It's 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 a it's a much more nuanced thing than that. You know, paying a running back a huge amount of money is a difficult issue because of these guys' durability and morphies. <laughs> hey, you got the you got little I see the glasses a little bit, man. I see the glass a little bit, man. I like it. I like the look, Clarence. Um but yeah, look he's stuck in the matrix. Yeah, oh yeah, now he's starting to trash. You said in the matrix with that comment, man. Um that it's a difficult proposition because these guys tend to tend to get hurt, and that's a obviously a difficult thing to deal with. Um, and also, I think that go. kind of going back to the offensive line as well, you have to have a really good offensive line to run the ball on a consistent basis. Um, and so, being able to have that and then pair it with a good running back is sometimes a difficult thing for a lot of teams. But I certainly agree with you. I mean, look, it, when you have a good running back, especially one that can give you mismatches out of the backfield. Um, it can open up a whole different aspect of your game plan, and you need to be balanced um, because otherwise teams will take advantage of it in the playoffs. Um, as I always said, you can have a you can have great strengths, and that'll get you through the regular season. But if you've got a weakness, it will be exploited in the playoffs, um, and you'll be challenged on that mark. Now, I don't believe this. I still think Andy Reid is still one of, if not the best play caller in the NFL. But do you think that the defenses have caught up to some of Andy's tricks and schemes? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say so. Well, I okay, he, they've caught up to his regular season tricks, like the, yeah. the normal flip play stuff and the jet sweeps and throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, people generally understand that you're going to get that with Andy Reid, and they're play they're game planning for it, and that's why you've seen teams, especially in the the those big time situations, red zone specifically. Be ready for those types of plays. Um, ultimately, though, and I think we've seen this over the past few years, when it comes to the playoffs, teams haven't been able to adjust to Andy Reid's schemes because Andy Reid's an excellent play caller when he actually takes teams seriously and he has everything on the line. And obviously that playbook is fully opened um, and the game plan is, is 100% optimized. So that's the thing. And obviously we'll see what happens after the bye week about, you know, getting even more closer to the, that type of, uh, you know, level of play calling. But yeah, I mean, defenses understand you're going to get those flip plays. I mean, Brett Coleman made an entire video about Brett about uh, Andy Reid and that flip play on the goal line. So yeah, defenses definitely understand that that's going to be uh, in the in the bag of tricks as far as Andy Reid is concerned. All right, man, let's, let's let's switch to the defensive side of the ball now. Coming into the season, everybody was like, you know, hey, if this defense could be top 10, 12, hey, man. We we got something here, you know what I'm saying? We got something that's building. We got we we can build to something that could possibly be elite. But now we sitting here and they're like top three, <laughs> top five, definitely, but definitely you could say make a case for top three. Um, what have you been seeing from this defense that you've been impressed with? So I, I think that the the most impressive thing is I didn't expect really the leap in coverage. Um 
I was I was interested to see if we could get more creative spags or he's just going to continue to savor for the playoffs. But it it has been amazing to watch this uh, this uh, this team on a week in and week out basis. The ways in which they kind of start with a, a static coverage look for a quarterback, and then they can play anything off of it. I mean, they they want to go robber, they want one man too high, uh, cover three quarters. They okay play cover six. I mean, they'll fire zone blitz. They can get to any coverage in the book. Um, and that, I think, is a testament how fast the young, uh, you know, DBs have really been able to take a hold of what they're being asked to do. And that's really been the impressive thing for me. Um, I think the resurgence of Derek Nadi has been very nice to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, we really needed it um, from a defensive line perspective. And so I'm glad to see that he's playing better. Uh, and I would like to, unfortunately, even increase his snaps a little bit more because I, I am sick and tired of seeing Matt Dickerson. Um, it's been a shame that obviously we've only been on a limited basis as far as Nick Bolden is concerned, because I think that he's a force multiplier in being able to stop the run and then allowing us to rush the passer, which is a much better aspect of our defense at this point. Um, but I'll say that second that second year leap from these young DBs in the system has been very impressive to me. Um, obviously, you know, you got to love what McDuffie and Snead to bring to the table. I mean, no wide receiver really wants to play them at this current moment in time because of how, how difficult it is to go after those guys. So I've, at all three levels, it's been very impressive. And I've, I've only enjoyed so much what I've seen from the limited time that we've seen Charles Domenihue. You can tell he's just a, a beast from the inside. <laughs> yeah, he's got the Jeffrey Kidder. Yeah, yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then George Karloftis has been spectacular in his second year. Yeah, I know. I, I, you know, I had to slip Mac Dickerson in there. And George Karloftis has been excellent in his second year as well. Um, he's looked faster. A lot of hand fighting with Tom Bailey has paid off too, so. I would say the second year lead from the DBs and some of these these defensive line these defensive linemen stepping up has been fun to watch. Uh, let me ask you a question: What is the what do you think is the biggest disconnect with Summer Chiefs Kingdom when it comes to Nick? I know he's hurt, but Nick Bolton, like you got you got people on this side of Nick Bolton that's like, oh, he's great, he's top five linebacker, and then you got this other side that's like, man, Nick Bolton sucks, like he's trash, like and compared to what we had. And Anthony Hitchens, Hitchens is like, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> but yeah, look, I, I think it's, I think it's all relative. Um, I, I, I will say I don't think that he's better than Derek Johnson. You know, I, I grew up watching no. Derek Johnson personally. Um, I thought Derek Johnson was excellent in both phases of the game in which you asked him to play. Um, but what I will say for Nick Bolton, and Derek Johnson was better at taking on blockers too. But Nick Bolton, because of his instincts, um, and you could tell this has continued to slow down the game for him, um, he is able to shoot those gaps on a consistent basis. And that, that means a lot for how we want to get off the field as a defense. Because, again, that's why I say he's a force multiplier. He allows the rest of this defense that is excellent to play the game that they want to play. They, he allows Spags to get creative in coverages on third down. He allows those creative blitzes to, to play because quarterbacks can be confused. He allows the, all of this defensive linemen to put their NASCAR package out there with Chris Jones to kick outside. And you have a mini hue inside and Georgia will go inside or FAU will come on the field and Dana. All of those things come into play because you get first and second down stops from being able to stop the run because of what Nick Bowen brings to the table. Make no mistake. I mean, it, it, him, him and Gay kind of go back and forth as far as how good of a, a run-stopping linebackers they are. But that's what I say. He allows those guys to come on the field and do their job at a high level. And I think that that extends to Drew Tranquil, who's an excellent coverage linebacker. He allows him to be, you know, coming to play in those. Mike Everett's being a third safety. He allows him to come on the field. So that that's where I think he's a force multiplier for this defense. Um, he is 
He's solid. He's gotten better in pass coverage. We saw, obviously, the interception versus uh, the Broncos on Thursday night. I wouldn't say that he's good or great there yet, uh, you know, as some other people that, you know, really love him will say that. But uh, certainly compared to his detractors, I mean, I, I, I love having the middle of this defense because he really allows the rest of this defense in the ways that it's built to be great actually can get to those downs in which they can be. Uh, um, but because on this show, we love Nick Bolton, so I don't, you know, absolutely. Don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm this guy, so you know, I, I, I love having that book, right? <laughs> right? So I don't know why some he needs to hurry up and get back, yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. Hopefully, hopefully, we can get it back before around Christmas. Um, I know mm-hmm. that's what that's what they said the timeline, hopefully, yeah. get him around that yeah. time, um, and get him a few games for the play start, man, yeah, yeah for sure. All right, on the Dolphin side now, everybody talks about Tua because he he this come team go, comes and goes. Listen, hold, on, hold on, time, time, out, time, time. Out. Chris, come on. Is Tua can a? T- can I go ahead? I'm, okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. I'm 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 sorry. You right. My bad. Can I'm I working on that. My bad. Can I ask a question? Jeez. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> Coming into <laughs> this season, <laughs> the knock on Tua was his health. Now, in <laughs> the beginning of the season last year. They came out fast, but then like December, like like November, December, they kind of went on a losing streak because yes, I yes. feel like they scheme kind of yes. got figured out that you know Tua has to get the ball off fast, and a lot of his stuff was short passes to you know those speedy receivers. So, do it coming in this season now he's what top? He's number one in passing yards, I think he is, or something like that. Exactly. He's in the top three. Yeah. Do you think this year? This year, not all time, nothing. This year, do you think Tua is a top ten quarterback? So, so rankings are always fun to say the least, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. Uh, I'll give my description of Tua first, and, and then I'll, I'll have some questions that I, I want to ask Clarence because I think it's it's, it's a conversation. <laughs> I always love ranking lists. Yeah. Um, so for me, Tua, I think that you know, obviously Mike Bijanow coming from that Kyle Shanahan system. Um, people all automatically want to compare to Brock Purdy, and it's understandable. Again, a lot of the advantages that the, the Shanahan system affords in San Francisco also are afforded here um, for Miami and Tua. Tua also, I think, has extra ability to have the anticipation and accuracy um, that significantly helps the offensive line specifically, which is not good, um, in my opinion, when you actually make Tua hold the ball for an extra beat. Their, their ability to move the ball goes down significantly that because defensive lines are able to get after him. So to his ability to have that quick trigger, get the ball out of his hands quickly, obviously the speed on the outside and Mike Medina's system helps a lot with that, but it's also his processing, which is very good. Um, and again, accuracy, he's able to do that at, at a high level. Now there are times in which he's prone to interceptions as well. He can make mistakes. So I think he is a good quarterback, but I think there are a few good quarterbacks in the league that make up the, 8 to 12 range, 8 to 15, however many you want to say. So in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I've always said that there's about six difference-making quarterbacks and then Mahomes in his own tier. So I have I have Burrow, I have Hurts, I have Lamar, I have Allen, I have Trevor Lawrence, I have Josh Her- Justin Herbert, and that's six. So then for me, it's that 8 to 12 range that, you know, I've got Dak, I've got Geno, i got Jared Goff. And, you know, I have Kyler Murray as well when he's healthy, Kirk Cousins-ish. So, you know, however you want to measure those guys to put two in the top ten, because I think he's a part of that group, if you want to put them there, I understand why you would. I think it's a little bit of a preference thing. For me, I do have Dak, and I have Geno, 
and when he is healthy, I do have Kyler ahead of Tua. So I would have him 11th technically. But look, like I said, he's in that group. He could be top 10. And obviously, he's producing uh, like a top 10 quarterback this year. And you got to give him credit for that. What was the question you wanted to ask, Clint? Yeah, I mean, that was just at, around that group. How many How many of those guys yes, do you have ahead of uh, Tua? Or where do you rank? <laughs> I saw the reaction, so I'm interested. <laughs> Before you ask, what's up, Mark? How you doing, man? Yeah, what's up, Mark? How you doing, man? Live and well, man. Just, you know, how these Vegas streets are. They figure a way how to turn a... Uh, 10 minute drive to 30 minutes, but yeah, we all good here. But uh, DMAT talking good though, I've been hearing them through the uh, YouTube and everything, so I just uh, jump on. Right on. Go you. ahead, Clarence. I got you ran on. It's not a rant, you, you, you cut this me is, off. You had a lot to say. Not a rant. <laughs> this is not a rant. I'm just looking at it like now. You want to get quiet and coy? It's to a top 10 quarterback. Why would he this get put in that category? He's leading the league in, in passing yards. I don't care. He's up there in touchdown passes. Okay. <laughs> what else you got? Like, what am I? I mean, what? It, it, it's not rocket science what he's doing. I mean, he has an abundance of speed. When you have that much speed, you don't have to do much. They're not asking him to throw it downfield. He doesn't have to be back. I know a quarterback in Cincinnati you can say that about. <laughs> I'm just well, saying. The quarterback in Cincinnati does not have the number one right game. When they're relevant. When they're relevant, we'll discuss them. <laughs> when they're relevant. They are relevant. Hey, they're they, they coming back, man. They, they, they said, are not relevant. Yeah, have to you me, checked, I mean, until December they, 31st. I don't Cincinnati. Care. Cincinnati is trending in the same direction like they've been doing the last couple of years, where they start off slow and then they start peaking. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're forced to be reckoned with. I'm just saying, keep an eye on them. But we, but like we did say though before, though, we said that that whole division, the AFC North, is going to be close, and that's exactly what they're doing. So it's going to be real. Inter- it's going to be a real interesting game, you know, between Cincinnati and Buffalo this weekend. I'll definitely have an eye on it. So. Like I said, just like just Cincinnati, they've been peaking at the right time. This is what they do. They always have that terrible loss, and then all of a sudden they just wake up. Like last year, it was um, when they played um, on Halloween night, matter of fact, when they got blown out to the Browns. And then something just clicked right after that. So they're pretty much just right on schedule, on cue. Mark, what's your opinions on Tua? What happened to I mean, I understand both sides. You know, I mean, for me um, – I have to say right now, Tyreek Hill by himself is the MVP as far as like just by the way he just born, just doing his thing. He on, on his record pace and all this stuff. No, and, no, you know, no. like, yeah, and, 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 alluding to Clarence's point, though, you know, they have, Chris. <laughs> but, you know, the, it's like just the kind of speed that he has and the kind of supporting cast he does have. And I haven't really, you haven't really heard Tua make too many mistakes unless it's like the big games. So I think with this game right uh, coming up, that will be able to tell you if he's a top 10 or not. That's what I think because it's just so much on the line going into it. So I got him on the fringe personally. I mean, if you want to have him at 10 or 11, I mean, I get it, but it's, it's close. See, I got him on the outside of the top 10 too. I don't think he's top 10. It was just a question. It was just a question. Clarence, man. <laughs> My bad. Yeah, My I bad. mean, look, I, I think that the difference is simply put, I mean, 
you have to have guys that elevate beyond the scheme and the talent around them. Um, and I think there are ways and he does it at, at times, but it's not as consistent as, as other quarterbacks in the league. And, and I think that's shown in the fact that he doesn't extend plays well. Um, he's a statue essentially back there. Um, and if you get him to hold the ball for more than 2.5 seconds, then um, you've significantly hindered their ability to, to, to create explosive plays. And, and, you know, that's just real situation. All right. Now, do you think, even though they haven't beat a 500 team, do you think initially the Dolphins are a Super Bowl contending team? No. Um, and, and so it's it's tough for me because obviously they've run the ball extremely well, and I expect that to continue to happen. But ultimately, it, you're going to be asked to not only play great teams, which obviously if you don't beat a team over 500, that's a problem. But those teams are going to take advantage of weaknesses. Teams are going to challenge your speedy wide receivers at the line of scrimmage, and you're going to have to hold the ball for more than 2.5 seconds, and your offensive line is going to give up a lot of pressure, which Tua doesn't necessarily perform great against. All those things will happen in the playoffs, and eventually it will bite you, you know, in the backside. It won't end well. Eventually, your defense is going to get tested against a, in a scheme that everybody has seen to this point. Fangio's scheme has been passed around the league on a consistent basis. Yes, Jalen Ramsey is still a good corner, but he's not the all-pro Jalen Ramsey that we're used to seeing. Sammy Howard's a good corner, but he's not the all-pro Jalen Howard that we've seen in years past. I like some of the pieces on the defense, but again, in that scheme, it's been taken advantage of on a consistent basis. If you're a balanced offense, I think you can move the ball just fine against them and eventually finish in the red zone. So, Ultimately, I don't think so. Um, there's a cold weather element to this, and obviously that depends on if they end up winning the division, can they get the one seed, et cetera, et cetera. Ultimately, though, when you're talking about teams that are excellent on both sides of the ball, I think we are. I think the Ravens are. I think the Bills will be by the end of the season. I think the Jaguars are. I don't think the Bills and Dolphins can get there, and that's why I don't think either of them will be in the Super Bowl representing the AFC. Any of those other four teams, I think we'll end up beating them at some point before it gets to Vegas. Who in the AFC do you feel like is a threat to the Chiefs? Yeah, I think it's the no I think it's the I think it's the Ravens, I think it's the Bengals, and I think it is the Jaguars. Again, it's the balance on both sides of the ball. Um, because again, your weaknesses will be exposed in the playoffs. If you are don't have balance on both sides of the ball, people will be able to take advantage on some point. Um, the Jaguars defense is playing pretty well. I think they should have got an extra pass rusher that may end up sinking them in the playoffs. We'll end up seeing. Um, but they still have a difference between quarterback, in my opinion, Trevor Lawrence. Lamar Jackson's playing at another MVP level for the Ravens, and we know their defense is excellent. I think that you've seen that offense change in its scheme. I think it's improved significantly. I think they're certainly a threat. And we've seen the Bengals on that stage before, and you have to give them respect for what they've been able to do in the past. They still need to get some maturity on the defensive side of the ball, but Lou is an excellent game planner as far as that is concerned. And obviously their offense with Joe Burrow healthy is starting to pick up some steam. So for me, it's those three teams as the main threats of Kansas City. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think the Bills or the Dolphins are up there. That I'm not I'm not taking the Jets seriously with Zach Wilson at quarterback. Um the Browns, they have, you know, we'll see what in the world has happened with Freak Man and, and Nick Chubb is out for the season, so I'm good on them. Uh, the Steelers are unserious. You call them Freak Man? Yeah, <laughs> the Steelers are an unserious football team as far as I'm concerned. Uh, they just, they just, they're going to be over 500, but if they make the playoffs, they'll be a first one that too, Gary. And we're definitely trash. not taking the Chargers seriously, so 
yeah, that, that that's my opinion. Those are the three that are actual threats in the AFC. Pickett is trash. Yeah, he's, he's so bad. He's <laughs> so bad. My goodness, that was painful. To, that was painful to watch. I don't understand. I don't know I mean, how many times he overthrows somebody or throws it too high, and the receiver is wide open. Like, and George Pickens, man, Jesus, man, just. I think. There was some go crazy stuff I put out there, though. They, they were saying like that they had been outgained like in like the last five, six, some of my games, and yet they're still winning. I mean, that's just credit to the defense. But I mean, for me to suffer and watch that, that was painful to watch. Yeah, it was terrible. They, was they terrible. have been outgained in every seat in every game this year, and they're over five hundred. <laughs> How? If, if you flipped every one score game that they've been in, they'd be zero and eight. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They still. I don't know how they. I don't know how Mike Tomlin does it every year, but he just gets the team to be over five hundred. So shout out to Gav, Mike Tomlin. He galvanizes, galvanizes the troops all the time. Every single time. Man. I don't you know how he does. T- it. And you um, got TJ Watt terrorizing everybody. It's just <laughs> there. There was like an underdog fantasy thing where it was like over under, but they like made it a, a boost or whatever. So they give you a free space of George Pickens having more than one receiving yard, but he finished with negative one. So technically he didn't hit the boost. So Damn. It's just funny. Terrible. Damn. It's funny. Put, put, put $20 on that day. Man is here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get one. Can't, can't get one. Nope. So going into this game, who do you think needs this game more? This is easy for me. Um, I've watched the Chiefs in 2021 be god-awful under, I think it was like 18 points and for a six-game stretch and just look completely lost as a football team, barely squeaking out wins versus bad teams and losing to really good ones, getting blown out by good ones, um, those Bills and Titans games, and still end up in the AFC Championship game. Um if you lose this game, you go into the bye week, you make the adjustments you're supposed to, you come out, you beat the Eagles, and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, we already know the division's been locked up for like three weeks now. We're moving forward and keep on moving. We'll, we'll see what the Bills can bring to the table and the Bengals later on in New Year's. Um, Miami not having that win over 500, trying to prove to themselves that they can compete in the AFC. We are obviously the, the standard in the AFC. We've been that for the last half decade. This, to me, is a big game for Tua in this squad, and obviously Tyreek Hill as proxy going up against his former team, to really prove to themselves that they can do this. There's a reason why Connor Williams is coming back to practice and trying to get into this game. There's a reason why Teron Armstead, who hasn't played in a while, is, playing, is practicing on that knee and trying to play. There's a reason why Jalen Ramsey came back last week so he could be ready for this game. These guys want this game badly, and I understand that. The Chiefs have to go across the pond and, and actually bring a mentality of taking this team very seriously because they, they are dangerous because of their offense. They obviously have a solid defense. They have to, you know, take this team seriously and play at a high level. Um, in my personal opinion, I think Miami does want this more, will need this win more, and will play as such. And so the Chiefs are going to have to match that level of energy. All right. Uh, all right. Let's get into the – to the actual game, man. Let's just talk about it. The Chiefs on offense, if they want to win, what do they need to do, D-Mac? Whew. Uh, they <laughs> – I mean, it's, it's two things. I, I made the joke uh, in our pregame over on Kingdom – or postgame over on Kingdom Class. Isaiah Pacheco should never have um, less carries than his jersey number. So that mm. man needs to touch the ball on, on a consistent basis. You have to run – 
you have to keep them honest. Um, if you don't, then it's too easy just to tee off. So um, Pacheco has to go over 10 carries at the very least. Like, it, it probably should be 15 carries. That man needs to have the run game going. Um, the Mahomes obviously has to focus in and actually find the open wide receivers when they come to him. Um, they've been obviously coming open a little bit less than you would like, but he does need to hit them when they do. And I'd like to see him a little bit more down the field. I think he's missed a few opportunities for some deep crosses and overs. Um, and that this team does kind of need that pressure release, Bob, at a certain point to create a little bit more big plays as well. Banjo's defense is very good at preventing those big plays. And so that's a little bit of a, you know, a rock and a hard place for this offense, but they got to find a way to create them. And, you know, simply put, they got to be serious about the game. The, ter- the turnovers, the sloppy play, dropping the ball, obviously terrible play calling. That's not going to get it done versus this good offense. It simply won't because they're going to find points. So, this offense needs to take them seriously. They need to run the ball, and they have to take advantage of the big plays when they do present themselves because they, they probably will be few and far between. What you got, Mark? Um, even kind of like getting a head start and everything as far as like they were predicting the weather, so it's supposed to be windy, so that they definitely got to get the running game going. It's like you, I was, would not be surprised you see a heavy dose as far as they, um, if you get McKinnon involved, even if you get um, – uh, Pacheco involved. I mean, I think their numbers, their running numbers, going to be up. So you're going to see a change of pace of it, um, just as far as with the offense. And then I think, um, I think, I think this week you're going to see a little bit more of a focus. So that kind of like dating back, it's like even to like looking at last week. Personally, I had a uh, cut it off like at um, it, was, it was an ugly game last week, but I think this team going to be in tune. They got to be, they got to be focused and locked in. I think they'll be just fine. I mean, despite you know all the opinions and stuff like that, they'll, they'll be all right. What you got, Clarence? How best to put this? Um, I honestly believe that the the lack of communication that we see, I, I don't, I don't think that it's a major problem. It's hard to 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 go back to back. It's a tall task. And these guys are trying to stay as healthy as they possibly can be until they can get to the end of the year and play some good football and trend into the playoffs. With that being said, I think Rasheed Rice's numbers should be up this week. I think Travis is going to be Travis. I don't think MVS fumbles a ball or is not coming back to the ball the way he did last week so i mean i i think it's business as usual i i you can't deviate from your 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 identity too much mm-hmm. you know what i mean while while we may say it's it's good to to get the running game going and to really like grind it out yeah but at the same time that's not their truest identity right it is taking shots to Scott Moore. It is taking shots to MBS. It is utilizing Rasheed and hitting Noah Gray, who will come up with two or three catches to open things up more for Travis to be able to be Travis. So I, I think it's it's just a little bit more detail this week. You know, everybody is on their ass, so they're like, okay, let's lock in. Let's, let's be us and let's do what we do. You know what I mean? Like, I, there's no panic. They good. Everything will be fine. 
they'll, they'll end up scoring maybe 28 points this week. Yeah, I'm gonna agree with all y'all, man. Definitely need some Isaiah Pacheco and Jared McKinnon um, in this game. Uh, run that football, like like D Max said, he needs to have more attempts than his uh, jersey number. Uh, <laughs> somewhere around at least 15 carries, 15, 20 carries would be nice for Isaiah Pacheco. But I'll be all right with 15. Um, and you know, use these receivers in the way they need to be used. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to put a square peg in a round hole, you know, uh, use Rasheed Rice on the outside, use Sky in the slot, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, hit MVS when you need to over those deep shots, you know, and let Travis just be Travis. Travis going to run whatever he's going to run, you know. He he don't have <laughs> – his route tree is do, do, do you, you know what I'm saying? So let Travis be Travis, and I know they're going to key in on Travis, but I know their weakness is the tight end. So I, I, I see Travis having a big game. And I, I see Noah Gray getting some catches too. So I think that middle of the field is going to be where you got to attack the Dolphins at and run the football to keep that offense off the field, keep them cold. You know what I'm saying? Don't let them get going and revved up. Let them sit on the sideline and watch a 13 to 14 play drive and them getting bored and sitting there like, damn, I need to get on this field. Damn, that clock is kind of running low, man. Shit. Like, that's what they need to do. The, the Dolphins' defense is uh, one of the worst in the league as far as guarding against 12 personnel sets. So, Kelsey and Gray on the field, you know, obviously having a running back in the backfield, running the ball consistently, being able to control those drives, that's exactly how it has to be. Yeah, I agree. He might. 84 might. <laughs> no, hey, Justin Watson. He yeah, told I mean, Justin Watson. He, he might. Yeah, David yeah, yeah. Rice have been the two most reliable guys, yeah, so yeah, <laughs> get him. That's a strong one. On those deep crosses, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. every tool in the toolbox you can. That, mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. All right, the Chiefs on defense, D Mac. What do they need to do to stop this high-powered, fast offense? Uh, so the Dolphins have been very good at the twenty-one personnel with two backs, one tight end. Uh, you know, and two wide receivers. And that presents problems for defenses if they want to play in base, three linebackers, uh, or do they want to play with a little bit of lighter boxes? I think that Spags probably will match it um, with some more nickel looks, three safety looks, maybe an extra corner, depending on how he's feeling. Probably more three safety looks. Um, and so that means that these guys, who's ever at the linebacker position, if Willie Gay is playing, or if it's Drew Tranquil and Leo Chanel, these guys have to be physical. Um, the defensive line has to be stout against a run game. If you're going to play those types of, of type of yeah, safety, 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 I agree. If you're going to have to play those types of actual scenarios, you have to tackle very well and you have to you know stop the run game on early downs. It's not going to be somewhere you can shut them down because their run game is too good and too diverse, but you just got to get you know one negative play on, on first down, then that sets up what you can do on second down. Then you get to a money down where it's third and seven plus, and you can rush the passer and actually put some pressure on Tua. So that that's really the formula. You got to get two to three, uh, two to three of those a game, or two to two, two to three of those a, uh, a game where um, that drive really sets up for you to have those third downs where you can rush the passer significantly, and you can force turnovers out of those, or you can force some type of negative play and get off the field with it. So as far as I'm concerned. This defense stopping the run, specifically if they go those 21 personnel, 
on early down so that they earn the right to rush the passer. That is a massive key because I believe that this defense can corral the speed as far as the passing game is concerned and put pressure on Tua, especially because I, I don't believe in that offensive line. But they have to mm-hmm. earn the right to get to that point. Mm-hmm. What you got, Mark? I agree. That's what that's what exactly what I'm looking at because when they play Buffalo and that and they had and that O line is still not healthy of Miami's. I mean, if you just take advantage of that and just run them over and make them uh, try to execute quicker than what they're, they're what they're accustomed to, this could be a long day for Tua. So this that's just where the battle is right there in the trenches. Uh, will Chris Jones like will Chris Jones be in a, in a situation where he's going to be able to take up take on a backup and everything? I'll take Chris Jones every time, even if it was a starter. But it's just the reality of it. Um, just as far as with the packages and everything, you're going to expect Carlos to even step up and have – he had a pretty good game, like, despite last week, you know, as far as some of the things that I saw. But it's like if it's just putting constant pressure and everything and taking advantage of those backups that they have in uh, Miami because they're clearly not healthy, it could be Buffalo 2.0 all over for, them, for Miami. They, they just got to be disciplined versus the run as well. They, they cannot get fooled by the eye candy. They have to hold that edge and not mm-hmm. make it easy for them to get around the corner because that speed will kill you if they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. What you got, Clarence? I mean, it's more the same. Linebackers got to run this week, though. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's a huge ask, but they're gonna have to they're gonna have to be moving out there. It's a lot of speed, a lot of speed. You're talking about it at the running back position where Raheem Mostert. You know what I mean? He he gets to that edge and he can take one to the house just like that. Jalen Watt, just like that. Of course. Just Jesus. like that. You know what I'm saying? So they got to run this week, and we got to get pressure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Get pressure. Get your hands up. You know what I mean? Don't don't give him the ability to see, you know, when he has to drop back and make a throw from the pocket. Make it as difficult as possible for him. It's when I mean, and, it, and it's just – it's much like with any quarterback, right? You give them, you put pressure on them, and they're not going to perform well. And, and we know what Tua does with pressure. So, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. We we got to try to make them somewhat one dimensional. Um, so now the defense can pin it's the ears back, rush, rush the passer. And another thing with Tua being a short uh, quarterback. Uh, these defensive linemen, Carl uh, Loftus, Omeniu, even Chris Jones, they're good at tipping the ball at the line. So if they can get a couple of those pop balls up in the air and possibly get an interception, that would be nice. Um, and, of course, uh, these safeties, man. Justin Reed, boy, he is a key in this game because in the running game and in the passing game because, boy, <laughs> if, if, if he's not where he's supposed to be, guys going to be hitting their head on the goalpost. So yep. he's a big key in this game because, um, you know, uh, D-Mac knows <laughs> he's he's not particularly on the Christmas list for uh, Justin Reed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but Whatever no. would suggest that, though. <laughs> yeah, the, these, these safeties got to put a cap on it, man, because I'm telling you, seeing them deuces a lot if you do not get your depth that you're supposed to. Um, these guys have the speed that they will happily get after you with. And, and Tua will not shy away from letting it go deep if he has to. He's actually been pretty solid about it. <laughs> pretty solid about it this year. Um, yeah, just just Reed has to show up. All the safeties do. They got to be able to be physical in the run game, especially if you're going to play with those light boxes. And, and you got to be able to, <laughs> to keep the cap on the offense. For a reason. 
But no, also, your, yeah. your point about the batted passes, it's not it, some of it is also if you don't get home on a, on the long pass rush, get your hand up and, and hopefully you can block it down. But also just on these quick passes that they like to do on early downs, just to kind of keep you honest, get your hands up, please do, mm-hmm. because obviously they're, they're trying to make sure that the offensive line doesn't necessarily have to block on that. Get your hands up, get in those windows. You can bat some down. That counts the same way as a run stop does on an early down because that helps you set up for a money down later on. That's a little bit longer for them to convert on. I also think Mike Edwards is big in this game too. Mm-hmm. If he can get a interception or something like that, that would that would be go a long way in this game. So everybody has to do their job on defense. Nobody can be the star. Do not fall for the ugly ass jet sweep motion. Don't fall for that action. Don't bite. Just do your damn job this week. Just do your mm-hmm. damn job, and everything will be fine. Right. It's coming. What's the uh, okay. what's the key matchup that you're looking at, D-Mac? Well, I'll say for the the Chiefs' offense, the key matchup is really. I mean, it's this is a team that hasn't necessarily you know stopped the ball well as far as Miami is concerned. Stopped the run well, I should say, uh, as far as the the run game is concerned. So, the interior of this offensive line should be allowed to de- uh, dictate and dominate this game. They're allowed to. I, I feel pretty confident in, in what the Chiefs' offense can do. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't allow them to keep moving forward, you know it, you're putting them at a disadvantage, just allowing them to to pin their ears back. Christian Works is a really good interior defensive lineman. Jalen Phillips and, my, and Nick and or Bradley Chubb, I should say, are really good off the edge. You cannot allow those guys to settle in to just coming after you all day. You have to run the ball, challenge them up the middle. Um, their linebackers are not great, as far as I'm concerned. Even though Long is fine, um, I, I think that you can get after them. So. In my opinion, the the interior of that defensive line for the the Miami Dolphins, interior offensive line for the Chiefs, is a big matchup as far as offense is concerned. I think everything kind of falls in place when the when the uh, the game plan is correct, and I think it will be this week. And I think you see a much better Mahomes uh, focused, getting after it this week, not being affected by the flu. Uh, as far as the defense is concerned, I mean, look, it's 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 that Dolphins off run game, man. Because if they get that going, then everything else can flow off of it, and it makes it incredibly difficult to get them off the field. So, you know, the interior of this defensive line, really the entirety of this defensive line, the way they like to get to the edge, the safeties, and the and the linebackers, just in, the entire spine of the defense has got to show up big time for the Chiefs this week. I think that the outside skill players, the corners, will be fine in the ways in which they can scheme them up. I think, generally speaking, the pass rush will be great when it is allowed the time to actually get after Tua. You just have to earn the right there, and it starts with find a defense versus the run game with Miami Dolphins. What you got, Mark? I'm going to take the same page, like I said a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Mahomes versus Mahomes from the offensive side, realistically. Um, I know it's been, it seems to be a challenge as far as they're being able to trust his receivers and trust some instincts and stuff. Um, there were some things I've seen over the previous weeks and everything. Will he be able to trust his receivers? Will he be able to trust that instinct as far as with him executing and making the right reads and making the right plays? I thought um, even just looking at last week alone and everything, Denver just simply got the best of him. That's just the reality. It seemed like Denver was two steps ahead and he's got to his head and you say what you want to, but you know, I just want to see how Mahomes is going to produce. I mean, 
history said he's going to bounce back. You know, he's like, he he's like, usually he just come back a little bit feisty. And he usually puts in the work, you know, as far as on the offensive side of the ball. So it's going to be Mahomes versus Mahomes. Like, I mean, say what you want to say about the receiver. Say what you want to say about whomever and everything. But I just think it's going to be in his head to be able to execute and have the games. I think I think he'll sneak into the north side of 300 this week. I think he'll sneak in there somehow. Um, defense. Um, <sighs> Tranquil. Tranquil and how he's going to fill in and like in, and what is going to be his role in, like, in contributing to that uh, stopping that run. That run scares me for Miami. And even so, in recent weeks and everything, what we've seen for some of these run, um, these rushing um, these other teams getting their rushing game, we've seen them break a couple teams break some big runs. Even going back to the Charger game, when um, there was a big run, they explode for like fifty some yards and everything. I'm like, okay, that's something I didn't see the year before. <laughs> right on cue, right? But that, that's definitely a concern. It's like, will um, Tranquil be able to step up and fill that void? I mean, trying to, trying to fill the void of a, a Nick Bolton is already a challenge as it is. It's like, that's that's going to be no easy task. Um, can Tranquil rise to the occasion, everything and step up and be that guy? It's like to be able to make sure that everybody's in the right position doing what they need to do and say just holding it down in that spot and can they contain the run because it's like um, Miami if they get that run game going like you said the goal is that you, got, you would like to see them get the one dimensional they can give them the one dimensional that can cause problems but um it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough task what you got Clint I mean key matchups that's tough because I mean it's it's just them you know what I mean? Everything that 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 needs to be done to win this game is in house, right? Like, I don't I don't get worried about the opponent. Um, my biggest thing is always if they're locked in from one week to the next, right? So, last week we didn't see it. Part of it was Pat being sick. Part of it was the elevation. The other part of it was we kicked ass for what, eight years, however many games it was in a row. Like, it was a lot of moving things that caused that last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Uh, I, I just – I don't see – this team doesn't have a history of that. You know what I mean? Like, once right, – and, and it looks bad, it sounds bad. Once Tyreek left, like, everything kind of shifted. You know, how the team operated through – how the offense moved was different. You know what I mean? So I, I think it's it's locking in more to the details, which they know how to do. You know what I mean? Like they don't you don't you don't win two Super Bowls without knowing how to prepare and prepare correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. So this week they understand where they are in the AFC. They understand what's at stake. And they understand they can't drop this game. You know what I mean? So you expect them to come out and ball out. You know what I mean? I don't see anything that, that that the Dolphins do defensively that gives me worries. I mean, yeah, they got the speed on, on their offense, but, I mean, we got decent corners, though. Like, our corners ain't no slouches. You know what I mean? Like, so for for how fast Rick is, like, I mean, he is a human, though, you know? And he was here. Spags knows how to scheme that and scheme it correctly. So I'm not – I'm not worried. I, 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 don't. I, I just don't. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I mean, on offense, is can these receivers get separation from these corners? I mean, bottom line, can they get enough separation for Pat to do what he need to do? 
you know, in this offense. And on defense, can these linebackers and 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 these linebackers, all the whole defense has been really good in tackling this year. That's one thing that I'm I'm really happy with this defense because usually they start off bad in tackling. Like they always somebody always had they'd be right there to tackle somebody and the dude would just slip out and go for 30 yards. So they've actually been really good at not letting guys do that too many times. So I expect them, you know, to be good at tackling, even if they catch, you know, Tyree Kill catches a pass over mm-hmm. the middle. I expect the defense to corral him and hit him and get him down fast, mm-hmm. waddle all of them. So um it's just the matchup to me is just tackling <laughs> getting these guys down on the ground you know what i'm saying do not and don't give up on the tackle don't just think you can you know you got them that you got them like <laughs> he can slip out and be gone so i got a tackling. question after this i'm sorry go ahead. but yeah just tackling like i said these linebackers um these defensive linemen wrap up like i said just hold on for their life <laughs> and just wrap up so what you got clarence so hypothetically if they if they were to lose this game, let's say by seven or three points, are you are you still worried? If if you see some of the things that you need to see from the offense, I'm asking all three of would you still have concern? I I guess it would be how how we lost. Like if if it's by three points, but you know, the offense looked good. You know, and the defense, you know, held, you know, did what they were supposed to do. It's just, you know, by proxy, you know, they just moved down the field and got the field goal. Then I'm not going to go into the bye. We like, damn, man, like, I, it sucks. We lost, but I would be like, all right, we're coming out the bye week. I expect Andy to correct whatever we need to correct, you know, and then we'll be ready for Philly. But if we go in there and, <laughs> Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice and MVS and them are dropping passes and they and it's the reason why we lost the game is because us fumbling the football or you know dumb penalties and stuff like that. I'm gonna be a little concerned, not a lot, but I'm gonna be a little concerned. Like now, this is two weeks in a row where they look sloppy. This is two weeks in a row where receivers are not being where they're supposed to be, not catching the ball, fumbling, turning the ball over. Pat throwing a bad pick because he's got to force it in there to Travis Kelsey and triple coverage, like stuff like that. Yes, I will be a little concerned. Yeah, I, I agree to all that. And also, it's just realistically, as far as with the, the mindset of both teams and everything, it's just basically home field is on the line. That's going to be the perspective of this whole thing when it's all said and done. Um, was it two, three years ago, whatever it was, the Chiefs had to go the hard way because remember they had that season where they lost to the Bills and they turned around and lost to the Ravens and they had to, and they end up getting home field advantage anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, like even going back to DMS point and everything, you say Miami for them, this they need this game more than anybody because um, looking at Miami, I mean, if you look at the teams they beat, they they would have the top they would have the top picks in the draft, like somewhere in the top ten, somewhere around that. And when it comes to the teams that are actually competitive and everything, they're not even it's not even close. So Miami going to do the best it can, everything, try to make a statement in this game. Do I do I believe the Chiefs can win this game? Sure. Is do I think uh, this is the opportunity for the Chiefs to make a statement on on that stage? I think this is the game to do it, and especially going into the bye week. So like, like get that make make this your statement game. Get that rest in, then prepare for Philly. Um, even with it's like like Chris was talking about and everything. There's some of the th- uh, things that we're starting to see. If we continue to see drops and some of the things that we were seeing last week in that fashion, then yeah, we're gonna have concern. But I mean just I just I just expect a better performance. I think it's gonna be more focused. Um 
even with last week, it's like even just last week, it just seemed like one of those games where it didn't it didn't care. I thought Denver for them, it was actually the perfect game. I had concerns going into that game. I'm like, because I think me and Chris were talking about it. I said, how, why in the world they had the Broncos schedule within three weeks apart? That was I thought that was weird right out the gate. You and, saw my tweet. I asked the NFL mm-hmm. never to do that again, ever again. <laughs> <laughs> But even but even so, um, it kind of had a feel to it, even where the Denver was starting to figure it out as far as like, defensively anyway, because Denver is always like they've always been in with Pat. He's like, I think I think Pat has more interceptions going against the Broncos more than any other team realistically. So, like you said, Clarence, you know, they were overdue when it beating the team 15, 16 times and everything. That's tough to do already as it is. I think this team will be focused. I think the veterans will step up, say their piece and, and let these rookies let it be known and everything. Look, there's, like, there's still work to be done. Even with Hardman being back and stuff like that, I think you bring a veteran like him back and everything, he'll get he'll get everybody back in tune. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it depends on how you guys how they lose. Certainly, like you guys have said, I can kind of take myself into both sides of it to where, like, okay, if the defense shows up and is fine, um, but the offense struggles again, then I'm be like, okay. I want to be mad, but I also know that the bye week is usually when they make these big-time adjustments, so I can hold off then for another week. I think if the defense gets rocked, I could talk myself into, well, Nick Fulton being there can change some of the the, the early down run aspect of it. Um, I think if, if you see them actually convert a lot of, like, third and long, that would probably be the biggest point of concern. Because obviously this would be the, the best offense that we've seen to this point. So if they're converting a lot of third and longs, that would be a point of concern. If the offense just seems lifeless again, like they aren't responding to what Andy Reid apparently lit into them, that would be of, of concern. Um, so I would say those would be the only two points of concern should things go. But, it, I mean, if they lose a close game, I think yeah, I'm going to chalk it up to them losing to a good team and we'll go into the bye week and make those adjustments personally. But those would be the two things that if I see them convert a lot of third longs on this defense and if this offense looks completely lifeless again after, you know, Mahomes led into the team and Andy Reid led into the team and, and Travis Kelsey's public comments, those would be uh, points of concern to me, even though I, I think that it will be better out of the bye week. Right. Who are – a couple of key players in this game, D-Mac. Uh, I mean, look, you could pick a whole bunch of players. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to try and stay away from usual suspects because, I, I mean, I, I really do think – so usually when you've played some big Fangio defenses in the past, you've really been able to get uh, around them with some speed. I think that if you can work Nicole in here this game, I think that would be a very nice thing to be able to add back to the offense. Um, I think they could really use that. Um, so I, I'll say Nicole on offense. I mean, I, you know, I could also go protect with and, and Noah Gray, um, specifically in those heavy personnel sets. So I'll, I'll go Noah Gray and Nicole and add that speed element, and, and Noah Gray can have a good game at <laughs> the second tight end. That would be very nice to see. Um, defensively, I mean, it's look, it's Derek Nandi, it's Drew Tranquil. Um, it's Leo Chanel, it's Willie Gay. It's obviously all three of the safeties from uh, keeping a cap on the defense and from the actual running the pipe and, and being able to play some run defense as well. Just, like I said, just the spine of the defense has to show up big time. And those are, are really the key contributors that have to do, get the job done and then allow them to pass the, uh, rush the passer. What you got, Mark? 
Um, so actually, somebody took it right out of my mouth. I think Pacheco. I think this is the top opportunity to make a statement. I was going. I was debating between him and actually Rasheed Rice. I'm thinking. I, I think it's like it's no secret that Rasheed Rice has actually been the most productive receiver as far as what the Chiefs have had all this all year so far, going in. But um, I think Pacheco, though, I think you're going to you're see a heavy dose of him. I think this is opportunity to be able to get some, um, have a pretty good game of maybe 80, 80 in a touch. It might be a stretch, but I think it can be done. Um, Defensive-wise, pick your poison. But um, I want to see Reed's discipline. I think he's going to have his work cut out for him because, yeah, you're gonna, yeah, you got to fear the speed of Waddle and also you got to fear the speed of Reek. So, but I think his discipline is going to be the most key of them all. What you got, Clint? Uh, offense, I agree. Uh, Noah Gray and Pop. Um, I think that it's it's good for them to come out and try to show that they're willing to run the ball just to be able to get things set and get into a good rhythm offensively. Defensively, it's got to be Drew. Um, can he get everybody set and get them in the right places and, and and direct that defense. Um, that's, and, and also, uh, I would say George and Charles Amenehu, also two other key pieces. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off of what D-Max said with the speed. You know, Miko, his speed is going to be vital, I think, in this game, like you said, getting around the edges. And hopefully – we get some wide receiver rounds from Kadarius Tony and use his speed, but that's wishful thinking, I think. But Miko Harmon, for sure, for sure, he's going to be in pop. Pop definitely, pop definitely is going to be essential on the offense. Um, on defense, uh, I'm gonna go with these corners. Legarius Sneed. Now he kind of had a tough outing last week. You know what I'm saying? So, and the way uh, Smags was talking was. They asked him, you know, about, you know, Tyreek and these corners, you know, and he said LeJarrius Need has the most experience because he did it in practice for many years. So look for LeJarrius Need to follow Tyreek. I'm not saying he's going to be one-on-one all the time. It's definitely going to be a safety over the top. <laughs> but love for LeJarrius Need to be on Tyreek Hill when he's on the field. So that will be key. It would definitely be key. And, and you know, depending on how these referees call it, you know what I'm saying? If they've had flag happy early, it might be a long day for Legarius Sneed. If not, then you know we might have a good game. So, I don't look. I, I don't mind it. Obviously, we'll see how they end up calling it because then it could turn into a whole different thing. But I, I don't mm-hmm. mind a few flags early on because that means that you're getting your hands on them, you're being physical with them, and you send the message, and you're trying to throw off that timing. I, I hate to say it this way, but they're not gonna call all of them. I prefer you getting their hands on them and actually going off the time of that offense rather than allow them to get free releases and just attack you with their speed. So um, go ahead. If you got to get a few, you got to get a few. I'd much rather prefer that. Right. Right. For sure. You, you can right. mug them within five yards. Just don't hit them after it, man. Right. right. Get them early. Get them early, please. And you, you, don't need, you don't need to mug them after five yards. Get them early, then you can throw the timing off and then have to hold the ball for a little bit. Right. I agree. Now, before we do a score prediction, I want to get I want to get you get some of your picks for some. Okay, okay time out. I'm not giving you no score prediction tonight, man. I'm not doing that tonight, Chris. 
I'll make you up one for you on the day. Don't worry about catch that. Me I'm, make, I'm not doing no score prediction tonight, Chris. I'm not. I will make up one for you. And it's gonna piss off you too. I'm gonna have go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm gonna have go to the you. I'm gonna have them at you. <laughs> Throw that <at> me. <laughs> All right, just three games. Don't Seahawks <laughs> at Ravens. Who do you got, D man? Ah, uh, tough, tough game because I really want to pick the Seahawks. I think the Ravens are just a little bit better team right now. Seahawks need to get a little bit healthier on the offensive line so they can start to combat some of those things. That Seahawks are a good team on both sides of the ball. The defense is underrated. They just need to get that offensive line healthy so they can divert on somebody down. But like I said, I think Lamar's playing the MVP level. I think they can get it done. Cowboys at Eagles. Who you got? Mm. Um, I, I think that the Cowboys are just in that second tier of the NFC right now. Um, I think they're missing just a, a secondary target as far as that offense is concerned. Um, we'll see if they can get Brandon Cooks a little bit more involved. I, I like, you know, we've seen Bland step up for him, obviously Gilly, but they, they miss Diggs, and he was a really good player for them. Micah Parsons tends to, you know, some way get neutralized by a really good offensive line. The ways in which the Eagles generally run their their offense, AJ Brown is just on a complete tear right now. So I got the Eagles in a close one. And of course, the last game Sunday Night Football: Bills at the Bengals. Great game, excellent game on the slate. Um, I think that both of these teams can get after each other. I think Dalton Kincaid has, has stepped up very well for the Bills as far as their offense is concerned. I think they started to use a little Khalil Shakir. I got uh, a guy I really like coming out of Boise State um, in the slot as well. Gabe Davis obviously getting down the field, and we know how great uh, Stephon Diggs is as long as it's not the AFC Championship game. Um, so I think that Josh Allen and, and Joe Burrow are able to put on a show. Burrow's a little bit healthier now. I think that the Bengals defense is just a little bit better at this current moment of time than the Bills defense. And so the, the Bengals get the win in a very close and fun, entertaining game on Sunday Night Football. All right. And what is your score prediction for our game? <laughs> People are going to hate me for this, but this is a game that I picked, uh, you know, before the season started as a loss. I think that the the bye week is a bit, I think the bye week is a week too late here for the complete adjustments to come. Um, I think this is a closer game than I initially thought um, because mm-hmm. Billy Gay does end up playing. Um, mm-hmm. So I got it 28-24. The Dolphins win in Germany. I think the wins over the Chile. Shut up, Chad. <laughs> what you got, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad because Chris hit me up. He was like, yeah, we want to have you on the show. I was like, damn it, you're going to have me on the week that I'm going to lose. It's, and look, it's, I, would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong, too. I would love to be wrong, by the way. It's, I'd rather you have you on this week than have you on last week because I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. I had nothing for the Broncos two times in a row. I, I, I had nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's tough <laughs> I had nothing red Friday. I had no <laughs> material. I had nothing. It would have been random talk. We've been talking about yeah. basketball. By the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to pick. It's hard to have a score prediction just based off what I've seen lately, though. And the Chiefs is like Trust you even getting to the mid twenties. <laughs> Damn, Trust you got it. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna. I'm gonna be optimistic. 
and say 28-27. Okay. Chiefs? I, I just think I just got a feeling it's going to be like 28-27. I ain't throw a field goal in there. Okay, 31-30. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bucker got to have a field goal in there somewhere. Yep. There you go. 31-28. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're not giving me nothing, Clarence? I told you I'm not getting no score prediction tonight, Chris. Yeah, Don't bash Come on, man. No, silly give me, goose. I'm give not. me your odd scores. You be having these odd numbers and shit like 29 to. It takes a lot. Listen, Sorry, hey, God. and I'll be close, man. So you need to chill. I'll be close, bro. No, I'm not. Numbers, I'm not. It's Friday night. You're not going to stress my brain tonight. I'm not doing this. <laughs> not going to do it, sir. Uh-uh. Nope, absolutely not. I'll give you no. one in the morning. I promise. Let me ponder this. And I'll give it to you in the morning, dog. I got you, bro. Sleep on I always come through for you, dog. I'll give you the score, man. I got you, dog. I'm I got going, you. I'm going 28 to 24. Chiefs. So you just basically flip D Max. He said the same thing. Okay. All right. You, and you feel and, and you feel confident, right? Me I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's like not tonight. First of all, Nani, that's not tonight. That's every show. <laughs> I'm working on. You're just getting introduced to Clarence. Oh, listen, I'm working show. on it. I'm working on it. Uh, I got nothing. I love it. It's too much. I, it, it's, but it works. You know, it's, I'm, I'm, it's too I'm, much right now. I'm the neutral one, you know, and Clarence is like the intense. Ah, you get at the DMX. I'm Nas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Nobody asked you, Joe. <laughs> don't you, Joe. Nobody asked you nothing, Joe. Joe, no. Yeah. Nobody asked you nothing, Joe. All right. Well, DMX, appreciate you coming on the show, brother. Definitely got to come back later on in the season. Man, man. Pleasure, brother. Appreciate yeah, your time, man. man. Thank you for your time. You know, somebody, bro, man. somebody might be watching this, don't know, you know, where to follow you at, tell the people where they can find you at, everything, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, my Twitter's right there, or X is right there. There. DMAC Wake 316, find me over there. Uh, we host Red Friday Spaces every single Friday, uh, usually around 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll be on there. Uh, find me on Kingdom Cast. Do those every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, as well as or 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, as well as our Tell the Truth podcast, which we do every Tuesdays. Uh, me, CJ, DG, over there on Kingdom Cast accounts as well, man. I appreciate y'all for having me on. No problem. It's man. a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for your time, bro. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here, man. Good job it up with you guys. Peace. All right, fellas. Good stuff. Another great show in the books. Good stuff. <laughs> Clarence, I was on you. I feel you on the score prediction. I'm like, mm. <laughs> mm. No. Why I got to do that on a Friday? Come on, man. 
This go back to the whole uh, Travis situation Friday night, man. Listen, man, no, hold on. You gonna listen to me? No, damn, damn. Boogie, Boogie gonna agree with you and say, "Oh yeah, I see your point." Boogie on some bullshit too. Let's just call it for what it is. What Travis supposed to do in Kansas City on Friday night? Come on, man. He Travis kills. Go to a baseball game in the PJ and fly back before you leave. Just stop. Go ahead, Chris. Go ahead. Now, you was complaining about doing score predictions on Monday's show. So I said, you know what? Let's do a Friday show so Clarence can be accommodated so he can can ponder on it a little bit more. I tried to accommodate my co-host, people. He still ain't happy, man. I did not say I was not happy. I just said I'm not doing it. You still complain about the score predictions. Yeah, because I ain't want to give you in country, man. You in country in these score predictions. Look, hey, hey, listen, man. I, I gotta ponder it. It's it's tough. Yeah. This this one was this one I would say was probably one of the tougher ones. Yeah, thank you. Not for Friday, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> uh-uh, not on a Friday. <laughs> I don't believe that I don't believe the Chiefs at all by any means are going to put up another nine. Usually they bounce back, you know, have something like that. Nah. But it's hard. But but it's just hard though because they've been having they've been struggling. You know, those third and ones in the red zone. It's just will they be able to make those Who's adjustments? Diva? Who a diva, Joe? Who are you talking to, Joe? I'm saying. I'm I agree. I agree. You know, it was it was a lot of move bad. Moving parts last week that yeah contributed to that loss, man. Like it, that was that was a total offensive. Just we left it in Kansas City. We just and I mean every team goes through it, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can't play seventeen perfect games. No. You know you're gonna have a game where you just don't have it, especially and on the road. Especially on the road, that's 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 just how I looked at it, though. Just on the road game, everybody's gonna have one of those road games. Philly had yeah. their road game. Chiefs gonna have their road games. I mean, it happens. Um, it's just even so. I, the reason why I turned it off is like was like as far as at halftime, I was like, this team does not look like themselves. Anybody that been watching the Chiefs long, it did not look like a team from the start at all. Just just looked like themselves. And you don't and you don't beat teams having three turnovers in the first half and, and or you don't be you don't especially on the road you can't afford to make those mistakes i didn't watch the second half until like the day after and they end up having five total i'm like yeah this team just didn't have it i mean just throw this away i'll probably say this is probably like the second worst game that mahomes in the mahomes era that's just what i think the worst one was the tennessee game down in nashville that was that was just horrible but they just ran into a, a juggernaut in denver that just had the number and just, they were just two steps ahead the way that they were playing the way they were executing um even so i think um one of the guys on the twitter accounts he was posting some of the stuff that it, he was just scheming them up as far as with my homes it was just the right it was just the right day for denver point blank yeah i agree I agree with that wholeheartedly, fellas. They didn't take that game serious, man. Mm-hmm. All right, fellas. Let's go ahead and land this thing. Shout out to our affiliates. Glitch Energy Drink. With the Barry Bonds. you gamer. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a gamer, if you work out, or you just need a little energy to get you through the day, man. Go to glitchenergy.com. 
check out some of their product. They all they got always got some new flavors and stuff, you know, popping right now. I think they got something called Cherry Bomb right now that's popping right now. So go ahead, click on it, look at their products, some of their energy drinks, order something, and guess what? Put in that AH cheap pod, you get 10% off. We saving your money, people. That's what we do over here at Arrowhead Cheap Pod. And if you look down at the bottom and see the link, emqpodcast.com slash locker dash room. If you look, if you click on that link, you'll see the locker room access of all the podcasts under the every morning quarterback umbrella. They got a Patriots one. They got a, a Jets one. And they got ours. Arrowhead Chief Podcast. Click on the banner. You see all our episodes from the past to the recent ones. Go ahead and get caught up on the past episodes so you'll be in tune with us. You'll be on the same page with us. You know what I'm saying? And do us a favor. If you're in the live right now or if you're just watching the playback, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification button. So when the lives pop up every Friday and Mondays, you'll be ready to go. Let us know you care. You know? (laughs) (laughs) My bad, man. My bad, man. I'm sorry. I'm totally out of my character. I'm sorry. We prickly. I'm. You gonna be okay, Joe? Keep on, Joe. Joe, you all right? All right, Joe. But and you was bugging yesterday with these Leon should be getting Dion. Man, come on, Oscars. Come on, man. You need to he sit down. Nothing better to do with his time yesterday. Yo, he was wild to think the dumb shit. Leon, I don't even want to hear Leon and Denzel in the same sentence. Then you must be Jimmy Walker. <laughs> That's like saying Jay Z and Chingy are in the same sentence. Yeah, like, we gotta stop. We gotta stop that, Joe. That's nasty work, Joe. But yeah, go to that website down at the bottom. <laughs> they also got a podcast themselves, Every Morning Quarterback. Check it out. They talk about everything league-wide. They talk about college football, too. There's some big college games coming on tomorrow because Missouri's taking down Georgia, baby. Woo! Are we almost no. done? No. No? Okay. Damn. Tough crowd. Um, Are we almost done? <laughs> I don't want to hear about Mizzou. <laughs> I'm gonna give them their respect. Shout out to KU, though. Shout out to KU. Well, you don't shout out Mizzou. Well, you don't shout Mizzou. No. Can we finish, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen. Hey, listen. I don't want nobody. Don't at me <laughs> about Mizzou, okay? That's Chris's thing. I, I, leave me I, out. I, do you want me to pull up the the the, the group chats? You no, and Ty, you and Ty attacking hey, me all day. Listen, those are sacred. <laughs> you and Ty attacking me all day with your KU rhetoric. Look, those are those are they're anyway. like uh, Vegas in a lot of ways. Whatever streaming platform you use, we're <laughs> on Spotify, Apple, Google. <laughs> <laughs> iHeartRadio, whatever streaming platform you use to listen to your podcast, podcast is on there. And whatever social media platform you use, you will see it, but Clarence is covering it up. AH Chief Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitch, Threads. We own everything. Except for Snapchat. 
from Snapchat. Stay away from Snapchat. Stay away from that place. That place is the devil. That place is the devil. <laughs> Debauchery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, uh, follow us. We'll follow you back. Because Clarence, what is our motto? Because we're not Hollywood. Just regular, smegular, degla dudes. You know what I'm saying? We fans just like y'all. So if you hit us up, talk to us, man. Hit us up. Give us feedback, critiques. What you uh, um, Q&A. He, he got us right here. Boom. Okay. We Hollywood. Bam. There you go, Joe. Um, but yeah, follow us. Hit us up. We, we, we talk back with you. Hit us up. Q&A. You got something you want us to bring up on the pod containing the Chiefs? Is with the with the reason and talk to us nice and normal. Don't come at us crazy. You know what I'm saying? Word. But yeah, man, we appreciate y'all stopping through today. Shout out to D Mac again, Kingdom Cast. We in this thing, baby. Arrowhead Cheap Podcast. We on big family. That's our cousins over there. You know, shout out to Country Boogie, Chuck, Kylie, all of them. You know. Until next time, people. Peace.